with all not your truth or kindness, Lord. With all not your truth or kindness, Lord. Thank you for tuning into the Notice Podcast, where together we notice the mercy of God. I'm Susan Hookstra, your host. Today on The Notice, do you or a loved one struggle with your mental health? Do you find yourself wondering how to support others who do? Listen in as I talk with mental wellness advocate Amy Zabel. Join us as she shares her personal struggle, how easy it can be to be misunderstood, and how to take notice of God's presence on the path to mental Diagnosed in 2008 with a severe mental health condition, Amy was led by God to seek help from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, also known as NAMI, who was instrumental in her recovery. She has served as a support group leader for NAMI Connection, as a state trainer for NAMI Connection, and as a national trainer for NAMI Ending the Silence, a school-based program for teens and young adults. She is a hope coach for Fresh Hope Ministries, a national organization which brings hope to the hopeless through the love of Jesus Christ. Her heart is to educate those who need understanding of the language and stigma surrounding mental health conditions. She is in the process of becoming a facilitator for local churches for this ministry. And if that's not enough, Amy has been a public school educator for 35 years. So Amy, welcome to The Notice. I'm so glad to be here, Susan. I'm super excited about this opportunity. And I just want to share my heart with people that may be struggling. We've been through a lot since 2020. We have. Since C-19 hit us. We have. And there's so many people who may have a minor struggle with a mental health issue and not really know where to turn or how to deal with it. And I'm just looking forward to to sharing my heart a little bit with you today. Well, I am so glad you're here. And I am so glad to get to know you even better every day. So can you tell viewers here a little backstory and how you became passionate about helping others with mental wellness? The easiest way to get passionate about something is to have yourself hit directly in the face with it uh, or to be hit by a Mack truck. So, uh, I, when I got my diagnosis, I really didn't know where to turn to try to get on a path to recovery. So I found NAMI and as I went to NAMI meetings and got support from other people, I saw that they had recovered or they were in the process of recovery and I looked at them as mentors and I was like I can recover like that I can do it and as I started to recover and started to enjoy the process of recovery and sharing with other people I developed a passion for being just like those mentors that helped me and I began to gradually uh, mentor other people in their recovery and that's how I ended up being a force for NAMI in the state of Georgia. I'm from Georgia. Um, I've been in Michigan since 2017, and NAMI is a force in itself. It's a grassroots organization run totally by people who have lived experience. So, yeah, that's where my passion came from. When I was growing up, 
I had a relative and she was in and out of a psychiatric ward and all of us referred to her, well, the crazy relative, sorry to say. And frankly, we basically stayed away from her. So why do you think that there is such a stigma regarding mental illness? Wow, Um, I had that crazy relative. She came over to visit us when I was younger. Uh, She exhibited strange symptoms. I didn't understand. We tried to stay away from her, but little did I know that was passing down to me as I got older. So stigma is alive and well. People will say, oh no, we're more educated on mental health now. There's not as much stigma out there, but I'm here to tell you today on the notice that we need to notice how we're going to take care of this stigma. The first reason is, is really a basic reason that a lot of people don't get until someone says it to them. We fear what we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Anything that we're unsure about, we stay away from. And I think that in the category of mental health conditions, there's an element of fear that surrounds that. That stigma comes from movies, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest many years ago. It comes from social media, uh, when people go on there, when they're having an episode and don't realize it, um, or many other personal experiences that you may have had in life. So definitely it comes from fear. The other thing it comes from is the fact that there's so much information out there now. Uh, People think that they can listen to a podcast or... But it's funny that you mention that because it says in a NAMI report that approximately one in five adults in the U.S. experience mental illness in a given year. And so you're saying, does this trend getting worse or are we just getting more aware? As I said, stigma is alive and well. And from the work that I've done with NAMI, I can say that is is getting worse, but we are getting more aware as well. I've seen it go from one in six adults to one in five. I've seen it go from one in five young adults to one in four. So we definitely are seeing an increase, but I think that awareness is just coming from our access to knowledge, our access to information, and that's allowing us to become aware. It can be dangerous if you're not careful about who you listen to or what you read, or if you believe everything is true, but I definitely think that both of those things are happening. And our culture says, that because we can have all this information, we really get it. And, oh, I love it that we feel like we can diagnose mental disorders now, right? Anything from ADD, OCD, bipolar, narcissism. And when I work with clients, I encourage them to say they show signs of when labeling others. But what other ways could we be more sensitive? You know, I love that when you say show signs of. uh, Labeling is tricky. And People like to label others. It makes them feel comfortable and secure. But uh, sensitivity is super important. One of the ways that we can be sensitive, I learned in a NAMI workshop one time, is that language matters. Our language is super important. People go around saying, he committed suicide, she committed suicide. And you don't really realize um, what that does to the families and people that are affected by that. 
committing a crime. Suicide is not a crime. Mm -hmm. It's just a result of a manifestation of symptoms from a serious disorder. So we really should change that language to say, he died by suicide. She completed suicide. Mm -hmm. That type of language is much less stigmatizing and it's a more gentle way. Another way to change your language to be more sensitive can be using the word mental health condition versus mental illness. Mental illness is a term that is stigmatizing and we need to start changing that. It is a health condition, just like high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these conditions that we have, mental health is the same as physical health. You can't have mental health without physical health. You can't have physical health without mental health. They go together. So definitely sensitivity comes with language. And also the last thing I'd say about sensitivity would be, be more like Christ. If there's a loved one that you're dealing with or a friend, don't try to fix them. Don't try to tell them what you read on a website. Just sit with them. You know, like in the book of Job, uh, he went through that unimaginable suffering. And his friends sat with him for seven days mm -hmm. and said nothing. Sometimes mm -hmm. just the presence of a human being mm -hmm. can mean more than anything Absolutely. else. Holding hands, crying, hugging, saying, how do you feel? Mm -hmm. How can I help? Mm -hmm. What can I do? Instead of trying to take all of your knowledge to fix them. Now, I know there's going to be some naysayers out there who will say, this is when I have to walk around eggshells all the time. I don't even know if somebody I meet is going to have a mental illness or issue. And even me, I'm struggling with the words, right? So what does that mean? I think it's more, I think you're talking more about a spirit, isn't it? Yes, definitely. The spirit of Christ, um, you mentioned earlier that uh, God is important in our healing process. Uh, I could not be where I am today without that spirit. Take that spirit with you as you're going to someone you love or care about. Uh, be led by the spirit. Let the spirit show you what to say or what not to say. Or just listen if you don't know what to say. It's such a taboo subject and you're so afraid of setting someone off or hurting someone's feelings. Triggering them or yeah, causing trauma. Yeah, saying something triggering. So the best thing to do is just show the love of Christ. Scripture tells us in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I absolutely love this verse. Of course, we're complex beings, right? We have physical needs, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual needs. How does this all work? In? Because when you think of somebody who has a physical illness, let's say they have cancer, you say, I'm sorry, or you can be more receptive. But when somebody has, you know, something in this area, we have a tendency to throw scripture at them, don't we? And just say, just don't be anxious. Definitely. And when I was mentioning earlier about trying to fix people, that does include scripture. When people are sick, you have to remember that sensitivity, we talked about the word earlier, sensitivity is 
important. People take medication for a mental health condition just like they take it for diabetes or mm -hmm. high blood pressure or chemo for cancer. But one of the reasons why I love Fresh Hope Ministries is because their their mission is to get that sensitivity within the church. And I had a lot mm. of church hurt uh, with that when I was going through things. People ignored me, but maybe it was because they were afraid. I got a diagnosis, I blamed them, but it really wasn't their fault. So I think that we just need to remember that it's a physical, biochemical, illness. Yes, we can pray to God for peace. The Holy Spirit can bring us peace. But we have to remember that we're in this encasement of flesh and blood. And our brain is an extremely complex organ. And if we go with that in mind, remember that scripture is comforting and the Holy Spirit is comforting. But sometimes we need the wisdom of doctors and mm -hmm medication god made those things to help right. us get right. to where we are but please use scripture for comfort i'm not saying don't right but just understand that it is a health condition well it's interesting because on this podcast we try to talk about our need to be noticed when we have a loved one for instance that is diagnosed with a mental illness how can we take notice i kind of alluded to this earlier you know, look for symptoms, look for signs. If you see signs, uh, you try to mention them to your loved one, they're most likely going to not accept you. They're going to be upset. Uh, if you see signs, I would recommend talking to your own doctor and having them give you some suggestions for how to handle mm -hmm. the situation. But once they're diagnosed, once you get past the diagnosis, be like Job's friends. Don't assume that you know everything about the illness just because you read a few website articles mm -hmm. or blogs. Exactly. Don't assume that you know. Sit with the person and listen to their lived experience. What are you going through? What is this like for you? How can mm -hmm. I love you more? Mm -hmm. How can I help you? Let's walk through this together. Let's walk into this together. My family didn't learn that overnight. Sure. It took time. It took prayer. It took education. It took so many hours of just talking, communicating, learning to understand each other. We just had a relative close to us that was diagnosed, and we're going through that now. We're trying to show love as this person tries to accept this illness that they've been diagnosed with. Right. And what ways have you seen God take notice of you when others didn't? Because, let's face it, if, if we're not getting the support and comfort we need from church family, from family, from friends, we, we got to land on, we got to land back on God. Oh, I love this question. Um, God will never leave us or forsake us. I've been through some serious, serious mental health crises. And all I could ever think to do, Susan, was to say, help me, Jesus. Just three mm -hmm. simple words. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. He never failed to show me that he was there. I knew he was noticing me because I could feel it. Whether I was in the midst of a serious crisis in an inpatient hospital, it might be through the words or actions of someone else that was sure. in there. Mm -hmm. It might be through a song that was played as I was walking mm -hmm. by the common area. 
Uh, it might have been through a whisper of the Holy Spirit. And this is part of my testimony, which I can share at a later time. But I looked in the mirror once mm. and saw Jesus noticing me. Mm. That I, I had that same experience. Yes. And folks, that's kind of a heartbeat for this podcast because this is it, what Amy's describing is exactly what we're trying to do here. We're trying to have people understand that no matter what you're going through, God is present. Amen. He's present and He's available. And he sees us. He really sees us. Because we have these physical, emotional, social, intellectual, and spiritual parts to us. And he sees it all. He sees it all. So I understand that you're going to be a presenter at our upcoming retreat. I'm so excited. Commercial time. I'm so (laughs) Um, excited. One of the things that we wanted to, to capture in this retreat is to talk about some of these things that are hard for the church community. And to talk, we're talking about hormones, for instance, at the retreat. (laughs) And uh, we're talking about hormones, but now we're also gonna talk about mental wellness. So I love that you call it mental wellness. Tell me why you do, why you say it in that way. I love to tell people this. I stole it from somebody. I don't All know, right. <laughs> I don't know where I stole it from. I don't remember. But if you take the word illness, it starts with an I. You're alone. You're afraid. You're scared. You're lost. Uh, without Jesus, you're definitely lost. Mm-hmm. If you replace the I with we, mm. you get wellness. Mm. And It takes a village. Yes, that's a cheesy phrase that everyone uses, but it's true. Uh, We have to love people. We have to love these people who are stigmatized and marginalized. And it's good to listen to someone that has lived experience because they know they've been there. But still, we have to work together as the body of Christ. We have to work together as friends and families and loved ones. (laughs) We have to do Mm -hmm. this so that illness becomes wellness and stigma becomes acceptance. I love that. I love that. I love that. And so at this retreat, you're going to talk a little bit about some of these things and a little bit more about your story. Tell us a little bit about what attendees can help to encounter during your breakout. The first thing that you're going to encounter is a beautiful property. Um, I live down the road from Susan, and I don't think that's an accident. Mm -hmm. Um, Nope. (laughs) We're going to be talking about seasons, and it's just going to be such a beautiful time for all of us to think about the seasons of our lives. And I'm going to be sharing with attendees my seasons through my struggles with mental health and my journey of recovery and what people can do. I'm going to give them tools Uh, I'm going to show them how God gave me tools, and they'll be able to develop their own tools that are sensitive to the people in their lives, or maybe they're a person who has an illness. I'll be here as a hope coach Mm -hmm. from Fresh Hope Ministries. We'll be talking more about Fresh Hope. I'm going to share more information about NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Uh, I'm going to give you lots of things besides just resources, physical resources. I'm going to give you spiritual tools that you can use to carry you through the different seasons of your mental wellness. Mm. And I'm so excited to have you here with us because one of the things that we really want to do during this retreat, as much as we can, is to 
provide a place of safe community where we can be the we. We don't have to be the I. We can be the we, where we can talk to each other, where we can have honest conversation and dialogue with each other, where we can partner and say, me too, I've been through that, and and not feel alone. Because there are a lot of things that are affecting our wellness, overall wellness, um, in life, (laughs) like we said, hormones. Mm -hmm. And we're we're also going to be talking about complaining. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And she and the book she has on that one is called Complaining Cure. So there's a cure somewhere. Um, but the one of the verses that always comes to mind when I think of people struggling with all kinds of things is uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine, and he says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and yes. burdened, and I will give you rest." And he will. And he will. Is there any special verse that you feel attached to that you want to share with our listeners today? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. I love Mm. that scripture. It's the one that I've stood on all of these years. And there are many others. But there's so much comfort in the Bible. And you think about King David. You think about how he cried out to the Lord. And we don't have to cry out in such beautiful, eloquent ways as King David did. We can just say, Oh, do you think they were all eloquent? I don't know. (laughs) We can just say, Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. And he will help us. He will come to rescue us. He is our hope. He is our rescue. This conversation with Amy reminded me of a video I saw. The setting was a coffee shop. As individuals rushed in and out to get their coffee, each of them had a post-it note on them which described what they were really going through. One woman just found out her husband was cheating on her. Another received a painful diagnosis. And another woman lost her job. What a great reminder that we just don't know what others are going through. And I loved how Amy really talked about one of the best things we can do is to be present with others. Friends, I think this means we don't always have to problem solve, give advice, or even be a cheerleader. It's not about our performance, but rather our presence. I love what Paul says in Romans 12, 16 through 21. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be sensitive to each other's needs. Don't think yourselves better than others, but make humble people your friends. So as we think of anyone struggling with their mental health, perhaps the best gift we can give them is to approach the situation with humility recognizing that we just don't know it all. Our retreat at Maple Ridge Place is on October 6th and 7th, so the time to register is now, because registration ends Thursday, October 5th. You can find out more by Googling Maple Ridge Place, Traverse City. We really hope to see you there. Until next time, take notice.